It's another mailbag day on the show where I answer your questions about this Cardinals team, the coaching staff, and the front office, plus some discussion on what's going on in the MLB playoffs on today's episode of Locked on Cardinals. You are Locked on Cardinals, your daily St. Louis Cardinals podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Cardinal fans. I'm J.D. Hafford. I'm a national radio sports anchor, born and raised in the Lou and a lifetime Cardinals fan. And I'm your host for Locked On Cardinals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, covering your team every day. You can follow me on Twitter at J.D. Sports Radio. Follow the podcast at LO underscore Cardinals on Twitter. We want to thank those of you who make Locked On Cardinals your first listen each and every day. We are free and available wherever you get your podcasts, whether it's iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts. You can also find us on YouTube. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit that notification button so you know when we're going with a new video each and every day. And you can comment underneath all those videos. That way you can interact with us and the rest of Cardinal Nation. This is a show serving that. Cardinal Nation and giving the best fans in baseball all of the info about the birds on the bat. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, where the game starts. Time to answer some of your questions. Okay, these are these are questions from the fans, and I I mentioned at the beginning of the off season, the more questions we get, the more of these mailbag episodes we can do. So be sure to send your questions into me once again on Twitter at JD Sports Radio at LO underscore Cardinals on Twitter as well, or you can drop questions in the comments on all the videos that we post each and every day on YouTube. And when the week wraps up, I'll go through and find some of the best ones or most repetitive ones because clearly multiple people want answers for that one. And uh, we can go through them each week. So let's start this off with the first question. Now, this one comes from somebody named Red Stratus. And he or she writes, okay, so I'll form this as a question in the hopes that you will actually talk about it as you have avoided the topic completely so far after the series ended. How much longer should the Cardinals keep Jeff Albert as the hitting coach? I feel he is the reason why our offense is so inconsistent and will continue to be so. Do you see him getting replaced anytime soon? Why or why not? What are your thoughts about him? All right, so first, thank you, Red Stratus. And I'll be honest with you, I have been kind of avoiding this question. And I'll tell you why. It's because as an outsider, as uh, somebody who is not in the clubhouse, I don't exactly know what the hitting coach or pitching coach is actually saying and telling these guys you know I mean I can sit there and speculate on what their philosophy and stuff is uh judging by the way they pull the ball or hit the ball in the air and stuff like that I could do that um it's easier to talk about the manager because I, I see him go out on the field and I see him making decisions with the lineups and stuff each and every day. Whereas the hitting coaches and stuff, it's all kind of behind the scenes. Like you don't see a lot of interviews with the pitching coach or the hitting coach. Like it's Ollie does all of the talking. So I don't know how big of an influence they have actually on these guys. I know they can go over video with them after games, uh, give them ideas on why or why not certain things may be working, but neither Jeff Albert or Mike Maddox can hit the ball for them or throw the ball for the players, right? They can implement a philosophy and help them come up with a game plan against certain hitters and pitchers based on scouting reports and, and video that they have. But these guys, they can't make the plays for the Cardinals. They have to ultimately go out and perform for themselves. Now, hitting-wise, the Cardinals were 10th at batting average, tied for 9th in home runs, 5th in RBIs, tied for 5th in runs scored, 4th in on-base percentage, 
seventh in slugging percentage, fifth in OPS. They drew the seventh most walks and were fifth in strikeouts, which means only four teams struck out less than them this season. Now, of course, we want more production. All right, we always want more production, especially from the catcher position this year, and perhaps a healthy season from O'Neill, a better year from Carlson would have boosted these numbers. But in the grand scheme of things, those are those are pretty darn good numbers, are they not? Talent is what you need to execute your philosophy, and when you have below average hitters like Molina, Kisner, Austin Romine, Paul DeYoung, trying to do what it is you want done, your numbers are going to suffer because they just weren't good hitters. But when you have talented players executing, it seems to work just fine. You had big years from Paul Goldschmidt and Nolan Arenado, uh, Albert Pujols, Tommy Edmond continues to do his thing. Uh, the young guys, they had their moments. I mean, Newbar showed promise. He got on base a ton. Brendan Donovan had a solid year, was on base a ton. Juan Yepes looked good when he was healthy. The injury happened, kind of knocked him off. Uh, Gorman had his issues, but I think they're going to get him right. I mean, we knew he was going to strike out a whole bunch, but uh, he showed the power that he showed at AAA. So replacing Jeff Albert might shake things up, but personally, to steal a line from Whitey Herzog back in the day, the coach will be good if he's got good players. And I've never heard of anyone having any issue with Jeff Albert as a person. Ollie loves him. I haven't heard of any issues with players saying, yeah, I don't understand what we're doing here or whatnot. I, I, I've never heard anything like that. So I don't foresee any changes there. Sure, the disappearing act of the offense in September and October, that was alarming. But nobody was complaining about the Cardinals' approach at the plate and their philosophy in August when they were mashing everything. I, I don't remember people whining about it back then. Now, as far as Maddox goes, the team had the 10th best ERA. Batting average against was a bit high, tied for 13th. They had the lowest strikeout total in the league, which is something I know they want to improve on, but they don't have what you would call power starting pitchers. You know, uh, They were built to throw strikes and have the hitters put the ball in play to their gold glove defenders. Now, a healthy Jack Flaherty, he's going to help with that for sure. He, he gets more strikeouts than a lot of the other guys. Uh, they were 13th in walks allowed, 16th in whip, 19th in, ninth in runs uh, allowed, 10th in earned runs allowed. They led the league in double plays, which again goes with the idea that they, they try to get the other team to put the ball in play mentality. And again, talent helps here. You know, Flaherty back as the staff ace would be a huge, huge bonus to the, to the starting rotation and to the pitching staff. You get a full season of Jordan Montgomery. Hopefully a full season of Steven Matz, who, who was knocked up, uh, not knocked up like pregnant, but, you know, he had injuries this year. Uh, perhaps Quintana returns. He was fantastic underneath Maddox this year when he came over. Uh, Wainwright was great until the end of the year. So if you can find a power arm for the rotation, that's awesome. But we've talked about the talent in the bullpen. You, you add maybe another solid veteran out there. I know a lot of people are clamoring for uh, another left-handed relief pitcher. Somebody that's a, a veteran with a little more experience. I guess people don't like the Jojo Romero or Henesis Cabrera ideas out there. I mean, Zach Thompson was pretty darn good from the left side. Uh, but I but I see where adding something like that would be cool. But again, the staff, the players, they all seem to like Maddox. They don't, they don't even mind him coming out and putting the claw and touching him when he comes out there. They all seem to respond to him pretty good. 
and the staff after the trade deadline. Excellent. Like that wasn't the issue coming down the stretch. It was the offense that kind of vanished, you know? And when it was all coming together in August, you saw how good this team can be. Quintana and Montgomery, they fit right in. Flaherty improved as he went along. At least he appeared to in my eyes. Uh, besides Wayno's issues, I was pretty pleased with everything. But obviously, there's room for improvement looking at the numbers there. So, I, I don't see any changes at the hitting coach or pitching coach or on the, the staff at all. I don't, I don't think that's the issue. I really don't. I, I think it's just pure talent that you have in the clubhouse. So, uh, if I was a betting guy, I'd say both are back. And if you enjoy betting, then you know where you should go, right? BetOnline.net. You should do that today. BetOnline.net is your number one source for betting football and the start of the new basketball season. Find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth analysis on every game. And as always, BetOnline remains your continued source for all your sports wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including Major League Baseball, MMA, boxing, and golf. NFL this weekend, the Chiefs are one-and-a-half-point favorites at the San Francisco 49ers, who out of nowhere last night traded for running back Christian McCaffrey from the Carolina Panthers. I, I have a grudge to pick with Christian McCaffrey, though. I'll never forgive CMC, though. Took him first overall in my fantasy draft a couple years ago, and that is a year when he started getting injured. Remember, he hadn't missed, like, a game or a practice or anything. I'm like, dude, taking him number one overall. And he just got hurt over and over and over, just torpedoed my whole season. So you can hear me in my voice here. I'm still a little bit upset with Christian McCaffrey. And now he's a 49er and one of the most run-happy offenses. Um, not sure if he's going to be playing or not on Sunday. I think that's still up in the air. But part of me thinks they got to get him on the field, right? Like they're going to be in front of the home crowd against Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Got to get him on the field in front of the home crowd for a few plays so he can get the standing ovation, see him run out there. I think that's something that they, they need to do, especially considering all the draft picks you gave up to get him. So um, big move there for the Niners. So does that move the line at all? Does that make you want to bet on the on the 49ers more? I don't know. Head to the website today. Use your mobile device to learn more about online. It's where the game starts. Once again, we got the mailbag going on today. And another common question that I get has to do with spending money. The Cardinals are always, always in the upper echelon of attendance each year. And this year, according to ESPN's numbers, the Dodgers had the best attendance average per home game of 47,671. And the Cardinals came in at number two at 40,994, followed by the Yankees, Atlanta, San Diego, and the Mets. So um, that's pretty good, right? The Cardinals are always up there. The Cardinals had 3.3 million fans show up at Bush Stadium this year. No surprise. The 3 million is, is a normal thing for the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals were 12th in road attendance and finished overall at number three behind the Dodgers and the Yankees. So the question I get all the time, how come they don't spend money like these teams? Simple answer, revenue. That's, that's really all it is. These other teams we see are what we call big market teams. And they pull in a lot more revenue than the Cardinals do. So just uh, to give you the facts here. In 2021, the Dodgers' revenue was $565 million, tops in the league. Second went to the Yankees at $482 million. Boston was in third, but they finished in last place this year. Didn't do much with their – they still had a high payroll, but they didn't win anything. Uh, fourth, you got the Braves at $443 million. 
The Cubs, fifth in revenue. They're rebuilding. They blew their stuff up. Astros are sixth, 389, or 388 million. The Rangers, seventh overall in revenue. They spent money, but they still sucked. The Giants are eighth. They had a down year. Angels, ninth. They got Trout and Otani, and they still suck. The Phillies, 10th at $323 million. Obviously, they're in the playoffs. They've spent a lot of money. Top five payroll. Uh, 11th, the Washington Nationals, who are rebuilding. They blew up all their stuff. 12th, you've got the Mariners, who had a very low payroll but made the playoffs. Then the Mets were at $302 million in revenue. And then the Cardinals, 14th in revenue in Major League Baseball at $287 million. The only big spenders below the Cardinals, like big spenders, were the Padres at number 15 with $282 million in revenue. So they were in 15th right behind the Cardinals. Now, what you guys have to remember is that this is still a business, all right? The business of baseball is the other side of things. The owners for every team still want to make money from the team as well as put out a winning product. Now, some of these teams, you heard me mention them, like the Nationals, 11th in revenue, but they blew up their team. They're not, they don't want to pay anybody. They want to restart everything. The Cubs, fifth in revenue. Yet they can afford these guys, clearly, but they they blew it all up. They were like, goodbye, Rizzo. You know, they 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 got rid of uh all the guys, like all the guys from their championship teams, you know. Contreras, they're not gonna pay him, apparently, even though they can afford to, they're not going to. And the Cardinals, um, have not only been able to, they, they've been able to do the best of both worlds here as a business. They've made money and they've also put out a quality product and they've done that on a consistent basis. Has it always equal to championships? No. But winning a championship is very, very hard in Major League Baseball. Even the highest paid teams, the Mets and the Dodgers, they're not going to win it this year. They're gone. The Dodgers, for all their spending and all their resources, won the World Series in the weird COVID year of 2020. Before that, 1988, Kirk Gibson against the A's. That's the famous scene, right? 32 years, even though they have all this revenue coming in all the time. 32 years between championships. And the one they got was the weird COVID one. The Yankees haven't won since 2009. The Mets haven't won since 1986. The Braves won last year. Before that, they hadn't won since 1995. The Padres have never won a title. Phillies won it in 2008. The real consistent teams for titles over the last 20 years have been the Red Sox and the Giants. The Sox won it in 04, 07, 2013, and 2018. Giants won it in 2010, 2012, 2014. So just spending money doesn't equal a championship. And I've talked about this in previous episodes. You've got to be smart. You got to, what you're spending it on is important. I mean, they do spend money on big pieces. Goldie, Arenado, Molina. They've been willing to spend on pitching. Wayno makes $17.5 million. $17.5. Miles Michaelis, 16.75 this past year. Steven Matz, $8.5 million. It's not pennies. But they are not a team that will just throw money at people just to try to fix their issues. They believe in drafting. They believe in producing talent through the system. Because A, it works because they're good at it. B, it's cheaper and less risky. Like what happens if you're like like the Orioles when they paid Chris Davis? Remember, everybody wanted Chris Davis on the Cardinals. And the Orioles paid him big money and he just tanked. 
was terrible. One of the worst contracts. And you're stuck on that. It's guaranteed. Like they, it's not like they get out of it. It's not like football where they can be like, yeah, we're going to cut you. No, they still got to pay that guy. The off season, um, or this off season, I should say, they've got a spot of catcher that needs some attention, right? We're all in agreement on that. And I'm hoping that they take the resources that they're going to recoup from Yachty's contract being gone, Albert's salary, uh, Corey Dickerson, who I don't uh, think will be back. I think you can put like Alec Burleson as the new Corey Dickerson for you, if that's what you want to do. Is he going to be worse than Corey Dickerson was this year? No, he probably will do the same stuff and hopefully better. And you take this money that you're saving on those guys, you put it towards that position, a.k.a. Wilson Contreras. Like, I'm going to die on this hill that I want Wilson Contreras on this team. The more I think about it, the more I want him. And then if Wayno retires, that's another huge chunk of money that opens up to use on another starter or the bullpen upgrades that people want. What about a shortstop? If Wayno doesn't come back, if a shortstop they like is available, I'm sure they'll entertain that as well. But knowing that you've got Tommy Edmond who can play shortstop and then Donovan and Gorman at second base, not quite the pressing need that catching is, at least in my eyes. But even if Wayno comes back, maybe he'd be cool to take a little bit less money than $17.5 million. That way we can put those funds towards other stuff. But if you land in Contreras plus, say, uh, a Swanson or a Correa, uh, Carlos Correa or a, a Trey Turner, that would be amazing, right? But those shortstops are going to be crazy expensive and likely out of the Cardinals' range of what they are willing to spend on that position because they've got a guy in Tommy Edmond who might win another gold glove this year. And they got him at shortstop already. He's popping 30 doubles and 30 stolen bases. Like, he's good. He's not some scrub. So uh, that's just kind of how it is with the spending with the Cardinals. They do it in a smart way, which is why they're in the playoffs all the time. And I know it drives people nuts because there's not that go-all-in mentality. But this is going all-in, all you know, because it's a business to them at the same time. They're not just going to just throw a ton of money at people and hope it works out. They're smart about it. And I think that's a respected way to go about spending your money and building a championship. Again, they don't tank. It's not like they're like, they're not going to be like Washington. They're not going to do what Chicago's doing, where they just sell off all the pieces and start all over. That's not going to happen. Uh, another comment here on YouTube. Saw the new Halloween Ends movie good, but I found it disappointing. Um, I don't want to spoil things for anyone. So if you haven't seen it yet and don't want to know anything about it, um, then just kind of mute this or skip ahead. I'm not, no spoilers. I'm not going to tell you what happens in the movie, but I'm also kind of meh on the film too. And I, that bums me out because, uh, I was really excited for it. So many other ways they could have taken it in my eyes. I enjoyed the first 10 minutes immensely. I thought that was cool. Then it got real dull for a while. Then it picked up, and then the final 20 minutes was what I wanted the whole movie to be like. I enjoyed it, but the middle had, how do I put this? Something missing. If you catch my drift, if you've seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. So first film in the trilogy, so good. Second had a lot of cool kill scenes that I liked, but the story was kind of, uh, this one kind of puts, puts a bow on the trilogy, but I wanted more. I wanted more suspense. I didn't chew my nails once in this movie, and that, that's saying something. That's very rare, especially in horror movies, because I'm very well known to ask my wife about how I chew my nails during uh, intense shows or movies or sporting events. So speaking of intense sporting events, let's talk playoffs next. Can anyone stop the Astros 
We'll talk about it next on Lockdown Cardinals. Coming into Friday, the NLCS is tied 1-1 between the Padres and the Phillies with the series moving to Philadelphia for Game 3. Zach Wheeler was a beast again in Game 1 for Philly, but Aaron Nola got, uh, got rocked. And that's bad news for the Phillies because tonight's matchup favors the Padres with Joe Musgrove against Ranger Suarez. And we said it in the Cardinals-Phillies series that if you can beat one of those two guys, you got a chance against the Phillies because those are their one-two punch. And then after that, it kind of falls off a bit. And the Padres have done that. And you've also got, uh, for Philly, you got a red-hot Bryce Harper. Holy crap. Boy, did he wake up, right? Like, all I picture when I, like, thinking about Bryce Harper right now is the uh, Undertaker meme. Where he where he sits up, come playoff time. I mean, that's what he looks like right now. MVP Bryce Harper again. He's hitting 419, four home runs, seven RBIs in the postseason, and could become the first player ever to record an extra base hit in eight consecutive games during the same postseason if he gets one tonight. Over in the ALCS, the Astros are up two to nothing on the Yankees. Game three will be in New York on Saturday. Astros look good, dude. The team leader in runs, hits, home runs, and batting average for the Yankees this postseason. It's not Aaron Judge. It's not Giancarlo Stanton. It's not Anthony Rizzo. It's not Josh Donaldson. But instead, it's Harrison Mother Truck and Bader. And as cool as that is as a fan of uh, of Bader, that's not the winning formula for the Yankees. That You cannot be relying on Harrison Bader to be your best hitter and expect to beat the Houston Astros. Bader's hitting 273. He's got four Bader tots, as we call them here on the podcast. He's got five RBIs. He scored five runs, but four of them, are because he knocked himself in. He sided with Rizzo for hits with six and uh, second in RBIs with five. Again, four of them are himself. That's not good. The Cardinals learned this lesson the hard way already. If you can't hit, you're not going to win. And the Astros have held the Yankees to two runs in each of the first two games and just nine total hits. Meanwhile, the Astros, they're not exactly tearing the cover off the ball either, but they've got seven runs and 15 hits in the first two games. I like the pitching matchup for the Yankees in game three. Garrett Cole against Christian Javier. And then they got nasty Nestor Cortez on Sunday against Lance McCullers. So we'll see if uh, being at home at Yankee Stadium, if the New York faithful can spark the offense this weekend. You know who could use a spark or a jolt or something? Our old buddy Matt Carpenter. Have you seen what he's done in the postseason so far? 0 for 7. 7 strikeouts. Yikes. Another one that stood out to me, Josh Donaldson. He's been straight cheeks as well. 5 for 22. One run scored, no home runs or RBIs, 11 whiffs. It's pretty gross. And obviously, if Judge isn't doing his thing, this offense doesn't move the needle. Just like when the Cardinals, you don't get production from Goldie and Arenado, you're not going to win. You know, your best players have to be your best players still. And that's just not happening for the Yankees right now. Didn't happen for the Cardinals, and they're out. I want to thank you guys for making Locked On Cardinals your first listen today. Now make your second listen the Locked On MLB podcast. MLB expert Paul Francis Sullivan brings humor, passion, and unique perspective on every team and the biggest stories around the league. Follow the number one daily league-wide podcast, Locked On MLB, on the Odyssey app, YouTube, and wherever you get podcasts. As always, be sure to like and subscribe on YouTube. Hit that notification button so you know when the new videos are posted. Follow on Twitter at LO underscore Cardinals and at JD Sports Radio. You're the best fans in baseball for a reason, and I'll see you next time on Locked on Cardinals.